Well, there's been some great sharing this morning. We've shared in worship and having these three guys up here share something of what Jesus has done through the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives has been amazing. It's done my heart good today. Do you know that it's natural to tell your story? And if you want a bit of a... uh, an outline, a bit of a, a theme, a bit of a title for today's sermon, I'd call it the real story. Your story can have a powerful impact on someone's life, even if it's a little part of the story. Think about it, when God began to reveal himself to the world, he, he didn't send down a bookcases full of theologies or, or outlines or, or lectures He began with a story. As a matter of fact, the creator of, uh, he created this huge picture of his love. We call that creation. And then he placed a man and a woman inside that picture. Adam and Eve were the first recipients of God's story. As we look into God's word, the Bible, it's full of the most powerful stories that you will ever hear, that you will ever hear read. So it's, one, it's no wonder that God wants us to share our stories of his work in our lives. We've heard some of them this morning. In 1 John chapter 1, it's shared this way. And now we testify and announce to you that he, Jesus, is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was shown to us. We are telling you about what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. The Apostle John who who walked with Jesus was now sharing this story with his readers. He was testifying, he was announcing the good news of Jesus to those who would listen. Did you catch that word testify? The Bible uses another word for sharing our story. It's called testimony or or witness. And when we share the story of God's work in our life, we are sharing our testimony. If you have your Bibles, I want want to go back to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We're going to just read our Bible reading for this morning. Galatians chapter 6 and it'll be on, on the screen. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in the way, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. I love that. (laughs) Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. 
So let's not get tired of doing what is good because at that right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so that they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest is in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we've been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. Hallelujah. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let any trouble, anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, your spirit. Amen. When we share the story of God's work in our lives, we share a testimony. That's what exactly what God expects for those of us who call ourselves Jesus followers. To simply share the good news, to share the story of how this good news has changed our life. He wants us to share our testimony. He wants us to be witnesses to what we have seen him do in our lives. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was living in darkness, but now I walk in his glorious light. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Sharing that kind of story is powerful, friends. It's life-changing. I heard that this morning. I dare say that there are many others here this morning who are here because someone shared their story. And it brought you to Jesus. The great uh, preacher and, and church leader Rick Warren in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, said it's this way. Your personal testimony is more effective than a sermon. Because unbelievers see pastors as professional salesmen, but see you as a satisfied customer. So there you are, you have more credibility than any pastor. Warren also says that your testimony bypasses intellectual defences. Many people who won't accept the authority of God's word will listen to you because it's a humble story. It's your story. During his time on earth, that's exactly what happened. Jesus would work in someone's life and they would simply share their story. When Jesus healed the blind man, I've used that already in this message. I once was blind, but now I see in John chapter 9. When Jesus forgave the Samaritan woman, she told everyone, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. These were simple, common people talking of an extraordinary God.
And that's why Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15, you must also tell others about me. But let's be honest, friends. It's, it's sometimes we're ashamed to tell our story. Well, maybe we're not ashamed of the story, but we're ashamed that sometimes we don't really meet the expectations of that story. In other words, our lives don't always match what we know God has done. Instead of living a good story and having a good testimony, we get sidetracked and our testimony, our lives become a mess. We become ashamed of that testimony. And that's what the author of our passage in Galatians chapter 6 is dealing with. Galatians chapter 6 starts with the believer falling into sin. Now, if anything is ever going to mess up your testimony, it's sin. Galatians 6 is about testimony. The first part of that chapter tells us how to help someone who falls into sin. And the second part of this chapter 6 tells us of a number of pitfalls that will ruin your testimony. Things like pride, things like comparing yourselves to others, things like selfishness and lying to yourself. It's in verse 10 that I want to pick it up this morning and it makes the final shift and explains what it takes to maintain a good, good testimony. What it takes to make sure that your day-to-day walk matches the moment-by-moment work that God is doing in your life. Here it is. You want to have a powerful testimony, do these things and you will feel confident about sharing God's work in your life and people will be asking you about it. Number one, look for opportunities. It's that simple. You want to have a powerful testimony. You want others to want to hear your story. You've got to look for opportunities to do good. Galatians 6 verse 10 says it this way. And I want you to read it with me. Can you read it with me? Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. That's it. Do what God calls us to do. We know, don't we, that doing good is not always the easiest thing to do. It's really tough to do the right thing when everyone around you is expecting you to do the wrong thing. Galatians 6 verse 12 says this, tells us that some people don't want to do what's right because they're afraid of persecution. They're afraid of what others will say or do to them. Friends, you take a stand for Jesus and there will be those who don't like it. But you can't worry about the crowds when it comes to your testimony. What will make your story powerful is that you actually allow God to work in your life. God calls us to do good, but simply being good is not good enough. If we were, we could all just become philanthropists. It's impossible on our own to do good all the time. We're going to fall. We're going to fail because we're human beings. If we attempt to just be good or to do good. 
That's why the Apostle Paul in Galatians gives us another idea, another strategy for living a powerful testimony. And here's this, I love this. Keep your focus on the cross. Verse 14, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest is in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. You know what I find interesting? Many Christians love to share their horror stories. They love to tell about the bad things that they did before God forgave them. It's almost like a sort of a a bragging of sin. I noticed early on, I've grown up in the church all my life and I noticed early on when I was a kid that you could fill an entire church if the announcement came the Sunday before that a Christian with a really bad background was going to come and speak. (laughs) You, You know what I'm talking about. Everyone came waiting to hear all the bad things that these people have done. It made for a really good story. But you know what? There was one problem. It was the wrong story. Most people walked away remembering all the bad things more than the fact that God had forgiven those things. Now, don't get me wrong, we, we need to hear the transformation story, hallelujah, from where you came. But just remember, friends, whenever you share your story, the focus needs to be on what Jesus did, not what you did. That's why the Apostle Paul said this, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? That advice works for everything in life. Focus on the cross. Now we've all seen, haven't we? TV, movies, where, where the fo- this word focus is illustrated. Things are going on everywhere on the screen. The music's coming from everywhere. Pictures on the screen are from everywhere. And the camera moves in. And everything is blurred except for one small object. And I'll use what Pam read this morning, you know, from the pinky to the thumb. And then the the, the camera moves in and everything is blurred except that one thing. We call that focus. It's easy to find ourselves distracted and sidetracked. And that's what the second part of this chapter is about. But we stay focused. What Jesus did on the cross must hold our attention because it means everything. Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to give us forgiveness, to give us freedom and a whole new life, which we call eternal life with him. The cross is the symbol of every purpose that God has for us. There's a benefit to focusing on God's purpose for our life. The more we focus on the cross, we less we focus on the stuff that weighs us down and holds us back. That's what the end of this verse that we just read explains, where it says, because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. Hallelujah. 
the more we focus on God's purposes, the less we focus on the world. And you'll also notice something else. The longer you live for God and his purposes, the more so-called friends or so-called acquaintances who do not want to live for God will begin to drop away. When you stop partying like the world, when you stop talking and walking like the world, people who live for that kind of stuff won't want to be around you while I live that way. But don't lose hope. Many of those same people will start coming around again when they see something in you that they know they need. And you know what that is? Jesus. They will begin to notice that you are different. You are different. And the difference and that difference makes all the difference. Paul addresses that in this next point. And that next point is number three, transformation. We are a transformed people. Verse 15 and 16 says it this way. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. You want to have a powerful testimony? You want to share the real story? You want to have confidence to speak life into people? Then realize you have been transformed, you have been changed. When Jesus came into your life, when he turned your life over to him, when you accepted his forgiveness and made him the boss, you began a personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus Christ gave you new life. Those who became Christians became new people. All who live by this principle in this verse. It's just not knowing that God has forgiven you and that you have eternal life. You have to live by that principle. Each morning, and I... And one of the testimonies this morning, you share that every morning before you get out of bed, you pray. And maybe this is a prayer that we can share this morning for each of us, where it says, God, you made me a new person when I accepted you into my life. Now I'm going to live that way. My actions will be different. My attitudes will be different. My desires will be different and I am a transformed person living your purposes and I will make every opportunity to do good, to keep my focus on the cross and live like the transformed person that I am. Maybe you're saying this morning, this is, this is really hard stuff. That's why the apostle ends with this challenge. In Galatians verse 17, from now on, don't let any trouble, anyone trouble me with those things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Don't bother me if your plan is to discourage me. You may be still afraid to share your story, to live out the kind of life that God is asking because you're afraid. Sometimes living for God hurts. 
People misunderstand you. They say hurtful things. They accuse you of thinking that you're better than what they are. They laugh at you because you don't do the things that you used to. But the Apostle Paul confidently shouts, don't let anyone trouble me. Don't trouble me. Don't mess with me. It's not going to work. You may try to hurt me, but I already have the scars. You see, the Apostle Paul was hurt. He was rejected by his, by his friends. He was to the, stoned to the point of death, but he lived. He was willing to take the hits and still live for God's purpose. Friends, we've got to be willing to take the hits. We must be willing to, to show the scars. The Apostle Paul could literally take off his shirt and point to the scars. And that would be similar as I think of my, my Saviour, Lord Jesus. That would be similar to what he must have been, what must have been on the back of him after he was beaten before he was nailed to the cross. Paul was saying, I'm willing to take the hits as long as it means that I can live for Jesus. Do you want to live a life that points people to Jesus? Do you want to live a life that points people to Jesus? Amen. Then as you have opportunity, do good. Keep your focus, focus on the cross. Know that you have been transformed and changed by God. Live the new life without excuse that God had created you to live and be willing to take the hits and the hurts. This is a great series that you're in at the moment. And as you speak life into people, your story can have a powerful impact on someone else's life, even if it's just a little part of the story. The real story, that is your testimony the way you live your life. You know what? That's God's story to the world. Your world in which you live. What is your story today? Friends, do you have a testimony to give? Do you have a story that you'd be happy to share with your friends and your family? I believe that in every service, every church service, there comes a point of decision. Otherwise, why do we share? Why do we meet together? There comes a point of decision where you have to decide, am I living for God or am I, or am I not? Opportunity to share in that way this morning is available to us whether it means that we come and we kneel in some way or we come and stand in some way, that we just stand where we are. Whatever God is saying through His Holy Spirit this morning to do in Jesus' name, I would pray that you would do it. Have a testimony that shares what Jesus did in your life. Invite the team to come up and to share with us this morning, to lead us through this time of reflection, this time of ministry, this time as God speaks to us. But whatever God is saying through His Holy Spirit today,
in Jesus' name. Do it. Do it.